Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Acts 16, we're going to read from verse 16 through 40, very familiar passage of scripture, continuing in a series called Living Your Best Life. We do have notes for you, and we hope that you have those, or soon will. We stand in honor of God's word, that's why we stand, so if you're able to, thank you that you're standing. If, if, if you're not able to, we understand. Acts 16, verse 16 New International Version. Let's go. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, quote, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way of, to be saved, end quote. Is that true, by the way? Okay, the devil does lie, but he is speaking the truth here. She kept us up for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you, come out of her. <laughs> I think somebody just got free right there, praise God. At that moment, the spirit left her. When the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas. So their whole life is about money. They don't care about people. And then dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. Verse 20. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, a mob here. The magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. Wow. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Verse 24, upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them suddenly. Everybody say suddenly. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped but Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and he asked, sirs, what must, what must we do to be saved? Verse 31, they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Let's all say that together. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved you and your whole household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to others in his house. 
And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds, and immediately he and all his family were baptized. And the jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them, and he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God and he and his whole household. Verse 35. And when it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order, release those men. And the jailer told Paul, the magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave, go in peace. But Paul said to the officers, listen closely, they beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens, and they threw us into prison. And now, do they want us to get rid of us quietly? No. Let them come themselves and escort us out. Wow. The officers reported this to the magistrates. And when they had heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them from the prison, requesting them to leave the city. After Paul and Silas had came out of prison, they went to Lydia's house where they met with the brothers and encouraged them. Then they left. Father, thank you. Move in great power. Lord, in the moments that remain in this service, may we be forever changed. Come on, ask God to change you right now. May we be forever changed. We've not come, as we've said so often, for some religious obligation. We have come to hear from heaven, to have fellowship one with another, but also with you, and to hear the living word, to hear the truth be preached to us, and to receive from you truth that would change our lives. I pray, release revelation into the lives of each and every one of us that would cause a revolution that we would live differently after hearing this word. We thank you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. We've been in a series called Living Your Best Life, and I got that from my daughter, actually. I heard her say it, and then I saw it on some um, Instagram influencers. Except living your best life while it was coined in 2005 by a talk show host, living your best life is now used by influencers across social media to mean, you know, living up to your potential. And basically what's happening is people... You know, they have celebration for the healthy meal that they have at breakfast and they take a picture of their toast with avocado and they say, living my best life. So I decided to just take that and really teach you and impart to you principles from the word of how to live a, your best life. And I've said it this way, your best life is the blessed life. Come on, say that. My best life is a blessed life. And there is blessing and there is cursing. This text is uh, intense. I have heard it said by some that if you're really blessed and you don't go through any difficulties, that, it, that, that it's, things are smooth and, and great. I got news for you. You walk in the blessings of God. I mean, that didn't fit for the Apostle Paul, that's for sure. You walk in the blessing of God, it doesn't mean you're not going to have hardship. It doesn't mean you're not going to have suffering. It doesn't mean you're not going to have trials. Oh, consider it pure joy, brethren, says James. Pure joy. Woo, trials. Yeah. Come on, somebody say, I'm not going to waste a good trial. Now, it's easy to declare you're living your best life, you know, when your toast isn't burnt. 
It's easy to declare you're living your best life, you know, when everything's all shiny and rosy with the gas in the tank and heat in the house. It might not be so easy when you're going through some difficulties. And like I said, I went through some difficulties, but not nearly as much as those I ministered to. And I'll tell you about that in a moment. I'm so thankful for role models. I'm thankful that I'm connected with people that have walked the walk, talked the talk and walked the walk and been through some life. In fact, I'm connected to hundreds and hundreds of ministry experience, life experience, hundreds and hundreds of years in a tap of a phone call or a text for wisdom for my own life and for our church. I'm so grateful that I'm, I'm, when I face things, it, it, it's not, I'm not the first one that's faced it. When you go through, come on, trials and difficulties, you're not the only one. And God will make a way of escape. God will bring you through. Come on, someone say, God is bringing me through. This is not the first pandemic the earth has ever experienced. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 and following, talks about the children of Israel. Verse 1, don't forget, brothers, what happened to the people in the wilderness long ago, and it begins to talk about what happened. And verse 6, it says, from this lesson, we, we are warned. It goes down further and says in verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 10 that these are examples. Let me read this to you. All of these things happen to them as examples, as objects, lessons to us, to warn us against doing the same thing. So these are examples that they did that were not so good. So you shouldn't do what they did because you can end up with the results that they got. And some had to, you know, die off in the wilderness. Uh, Come on, I'm going to be of the generation of Caleb. I'm going into the promised land. Come on, somebody say me too. So there's good examples and there's bad examples. And I've learned from people. I've, I've learned from people's failures. I've said it so many times before. We do autopsies, spiritual autopsies. When somebody blows it, destroys their life. I like to try to find out now, when, it, when did that start? What is the root of that? It might take in a couple of years, but I like to find out to make sure, you know, to help them. But also, I want to make sure that never happens to me. And I want to teach you and impart to you so that you can live your best life, so that you can live the blessed life, and you're going to have problems. So today's message is simply entitled, Handling Hardships. Handling Hardships. The Apostle Paul, of course, Jesus is the ultimate model, but the Apostle Paul is a model and example for us in the New Testament. In fact, he says in 1 Corinthians 11, again, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So he's an example. In 1 Peter 2.21, For you've been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered, leaving you as an example to follow in his footsteps. 1 John 2.6, The one who says he belongs to Christ should live the same kind of life that Christ lived. So Jesus is an example. You remember those little wristbands that they had? WWJD, what would Jesus do? What did Jesus do? He's an example for us. Okay, quick review of the series. If I was to give one scripture to to headline the series, it would be John 10 and 10. But the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come, says Jesus, that you might have and life to the full, or life more abundantly. God has a great life for you. You say, well, it doesn't feel so great right now. 
Stick around. And we'll teach you how to overcome. We'll teach you how to conquer. We'll teach you how to take authority over your flesh. We'll teach you how to take authority over, over demon spirits. Teach you how to walk in the blessing of God. It's not something that's just going to hit you one day because you decided to come to King. Boom, hit you upside the head. Oh, I'm blessed. No, you're going to have to give your life to Jesus. And I would, I would encourage you to do that. It takes some courage, but it's far better than living the cursed life. The blessed life is what God has for you. You're going to have to give your life to Jesus. You've got to repent of sin. That's a start. You got to get filled with the Spirit. You got to learn the Word. Got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Some of you are depressed because you have depressing thoughts. And your emotions, I was telling the youth on Friday night, your emotions follow your thinking. So if you have stinking thinking, you're going to stink. You're constantly thinking thoughts of hopelessness. Well, you don't understand what I've been through. No, I, I, I don't. I've been through my own story, but clearly you don't understand the Word of God if you're saying that. Because God can make a way of escape. God can turn it around. God can heal you. God can set you free. God can, God can take away your brokenness, your depression. Come on, somebody. Say, woo. It's the truth. So we talked about the fruitful life. We, we talked about the fire life. We talked about dealing with storms and living on purpose. And so now, handling hardship. Let's look at this. The Apostle Paul, right in your notes, he was a chosen instrument of God. And I would say, furthermore, so are you. You're a chosen instrument of God. My heart and my spirit just works maybe differently than some others, but I'm an auditory learner. And when I was studying, thinking about the fact that God chose Paul, and how God chose me. Then I began to think about how God chose Israel, his chosen people. How many of you ever heard that before? And then I heard in my spirit the words of Tavia from Fiddler on the Roof. How many of you know that movie? Okay. If you don't know the movie, watch Fiddler on the Roof. It's amazing. It takes place before the, the revolution in Russia. And Tavia is this man who talks to God. He's a milk man. He's a milk delivery guy. And he says this, Dear God, did it have to happen today? Did it have to happen on a day like today? Did it have to happen, God? I know. I know. We're your chosen people. But from time to time, could you choose someone else? <laughs> and that's been echoed by others. A chosen people that have been through more suffering than just about any other people on the face of the earth because the devil hates Jews and he hates Israel. Why? You want to know why? I'll tell you why. The reason is if, if the enemy can squash Israel and destroy Jews, then God doesn't exist. But he never will be able to. God is doing a great thing. Can you say amen? The apostle Paul was so driven to fulfill his purpose, to live his best life, that, that really the only way the devil could stop him, and really the only way the devil could stop anybody driven like that, is to kill them. So there's constant 
assassination attempts on the Apostle Paul. He summarizes his life in an autobiography of the Apostle Paul found in 2 Corinthians. I want you to turn there, verse 23, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 23 and 29. Listen to this. Let this encourage you. If you're going through a hardship, which many are, Are they servants of Christ? Verse 23. I am more. I have worked much harder. I've been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Do you know why it was 40 minus one? Because at 40, statistically, they would die. So, almost always. So they would give 39 to just hold back one from death. 40 lashes minus one. Three times I've been beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night, three times. I only know about once in scripture. He says he's been shipwrecked three times. That really is hard ship. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst. I have gone without food. I have been cold and naked besides everything else. I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak? And I do not feel weak. Who is led into sin? And I do not inwardly burn. Wow. The Apostle Paul. I've known people that quit the ministry because I, I, somebody offended them. I can't believe he talked to me that way. I just, I'm just, I'm not going to serve God anymore. I don't think you were serving him to begin with. I think maybe you were maybe serving man, maybe, to get a pat on the back. And I, listen, we all need encouragement. We all need, a, we all need words of affirmation. It's just who we are. It's important. But at the same time, you're going to run into difficulties. You're going to run into hardships. And when you do, how are you responding to that? How do you live your best life when the chips are down and when things are difficult? Look at this text here. The Apostle Paul casts out demon out of a girl's a python spirit. If you study it and look at it in the Greek, there are demons, supernatural spirits. Many believe, many scholars believe that they're fallen angels. And there are many demons and they do the work of the devil. Somebody said, I heard there was a third of innumerable. What are we going to do? I'm not worried about it because there's two thirds that stayed and God's bigger than any, than any devil. Come on, somebody say. You look at the life of Jesus and devils had to ask permission and stuff. We serve the king of kings. You don't, don't, live, don't live in fear of the enemy. Live with the fear of the Lord and know that you've got power and authority. Amen. And so this demon spirit, the python spirit, allows this girl to, a spirit of divination, to tell the future. And her owners make money off of her. And Paul and Silas are there and they're, what are they doing? They're sharing the good news of Jesus. They're on a missions trip. And they're sharing the good news of Jesus. 
And so people are following them because stuff's happening. People are getting born again. People are getting saved. People are getting healed. The kingdom of God is being released with power. And so after this that's happening, there's this girl behind them and she's saying, these are men of God who show the way of salvation. Listen to them. Doesn't that sound irritating? You know, I think there's frequencies. For me, there's certain frequencies that are straight from the devil. I can just, I can feel things in my spirit. And so it, it was just this, I think it just irritated him. Like, it's the truth. These are men of God. Is that true? Yes. Showing the way of salvation? Absolutely. Listen to them. Absolutely. But it's a devil that's saying it. Crazy. Paul being, another version says, being greatly annoyed, turns around. I mean, he just turns around. It's like, that's it. Shut up. And he, after many days, we don't know how many days it is, but it's a while. So he discerns and he doesn't, he doesn't come after the girl. He comes after the spirit that's using the girl. And their owners are mad because their business is crushed. And they basically arrest Paul and Silas, and they get, a, they get a whole mob behind them. You know, it's amazing to me how a few really loud people can begin to rule. I don't know if I shared this, but I'll share it now. And if you're online or you were there, well, praise the Lord, enjoy it. I went into the gym not long ago, it was just last week. And I've been going to that gym for 15 years. I walked in and it was extremely filled with people, twice as many as there has ever been in my remembrance. And in that gym was a demonic uh, presence, which is unusual. And so I walk in, I'm like, oh, what's going on? And I hear this, I hear this music. Playing off of somebody's speaker. On the side. And so I'm like, what is going on? And I'm looking around, and everybody's just kind of working out, but it's really not a happy place. It's not happy at all. And I said, whose music? So nobody answered me. I said, hey, hey, what's up? And I know half of the people, the other half I don't know. Hey, everybody, hey, whose music? Because you know why? It's illegal, and I'm going to turn it off. Oh, are you, are you, can you do something like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So I see this one guy who I've seen, you know, for years. He's like, it's his. <laughs> he points to this dude. And I, I, he may, he's going to end up in the church. The man is huge. I don't mean kind of big. I'm not a small man myself. I'm 6'1", about 235 right now. I'm strong, real strong. Okay, he's three times my size. Let me, when I'm talking to him, I'm looking up his very hairy nostrils, okay? <laughs> so it had to be 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and massive. Massive like a ripped 300, a ripped 280. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm talking like a big dude. Not, I'm a small guy. This is a big guy, a really like genetically monster, mutant. And he's pulling the entire rack of weights while doing his back, which is, his back is like this. So it's like, it's his. I'm like, pretty intimidating looking guy. 
I didn't feel the spirit on him, you know what I mean? And so I look at him, and I am one to run at conflict, okay? It's just how God made me. So when I see him, it's his. So I walk a little closer, the guy's looking at me. I said, is that your music? He says, yeah. I said, okay, this ain't going to work, bro. He gets up. I'm looking up his hairy nostrils. I said, it ain't going to work. He said, oh, are you going to? And he just cursed me out. I said, man, you're breaking the rules. You said, you're not allowed to do that. He said, I don't give up. And he just cursed me out. And it gets more intense. And I start feeling my flesh engage. Does anybody know what that's like? That, you can get hurt. The flesh counts for nothing. Everybody say it. Flesh counts for nothing. But I also know I'm not backing off of anybody trying to intimidate me. When I know what's right, I don't give a fig, F-I-G. I, if I know what the right thing is, if God's word says something, I'm going to stand on it. If I know what the rules are and I know what's within my rights, I'll get it straight up in your face. You can spit at me. You can do whatever you want. I ain't backing off. I don't know how to back off. I don't know how to do it. Because when I know that I'm standing on what my rights are, I will not Move. I just, that's how I'm wired up. So you're going to hit me, then it's on, baby. You don't know where I came from. I came from heaven. Hallelujah. So it gets more aggressive. And, and, and he's kind of getting bigger. And I can feel blood flowing. I feel like adrenaline squirts. Does anybody know what that's like? I'm just, so I said, you know what? Let's start over. My name's Daniel. He's like, my name's so-and-so. I'm not going to tell you his name. I said, okay, hey, bro, this ain't going to work. And he just curses me out. I said, so that's it then? He said, yeah, that's it. I'm like, okay. I walked away and worked out, trying to put it out of my mind. Because it, you know, not be good for, to be in the newspaper, pastor drops, giant man. Man, giant man is in hospital from smaller pastor. I caught him alone in, in the locker room about an hour later. He was much different. You know why? Because there's a mob mentality where people just, you know, people are 10 times more bold on social media than you meet them in person. Like, <laughs> these people lighten stuff up behind their computers or they're, you know, 96 pounds and sniveling and, you know, miserable people that say all these big, bold, brash things. Not that there's anything wrong with being 96 pounds. Do you understand what I'm saying? Where are we? Mob rule and false accusations end up with Paul and Silas. And I'm going to tell you something. You know what has to happen? The mob has to change. And God's people need to start to speak out. God's people need to start taking a stand. And hell will freeze before I let some intimidating guy get in my face and take possession of the, of the airwaves where I am. So what'd you do? Well, I did what I did. Then I went and made sure I was right. And I'm still in process. He, he, he won the current battle, but he is not going to win the war because I'm going to lead him to Jesus. And when he's here and he comes in... And, and he has to turn sideways to get inside the door. You'll know I was talking about him, but you're not going to say anything. Come on, somebody say, that's right. And don't assume that some other giant man comes in that that was him. Just let it go and enjoy it as an isolated hole, all right? All right. 
He's, they're, beat, they're stripped and they're beaten. Paul and Silas are put in the stocks in the inner prison. All right, how does the apostle Paul handle the hardship? How do you handle hardship? You handle hardship. This is one example of how to handle it. He didn't blame God. Everybody say, he didn't blame God. You never seem like, Lord, don't you even love me? Tevia in Fiddler on the Roof, kvetches. It's called kvetching. It's complaining. Dear God, did you have to do this thing to me? Dear God, on this day, my horse has to be lame. Why did you do this to me? He's complaining. So complaining. It's called kvetching in Yiddish. Don't complain. Don't murmur. Many people have fixed that with the, the, the things to God that he did that he didn't do. So you don't see him blaming. You don't see him getting bitter. You don't see him quit. He doesn't quit. Where are you? Listen, if you quit, where are you going? He's got the, he's the only game in town. The devil will do anything he can to drive you out, to get you discouraged, to get you to quit. I've said it before, but, uh, and I'll say to all of my King's School of Ministry students, go buy the book, Fox's Book of Martyrs, and just read it from time to time if you think you're actually having a hard time. Look at that. I'm not trying to belittle the fact that, you know, you got a flat tire this morning. Okay. But really, a flat tire in the scheme of things is pretty minor. My spouse left me. Okay, that's difficult. I understand. But you're not burning at the stake. Hello. Yes, she's got to put things in perspective. I, I think it was uh, one, of a, one of my staff said, oh, these are first world problems. You know, your internet doesn't work. For the love of God, I bind the devil right now. I bind the devil. I've got like two bars right now. Oh, no, look, now I've got none. Really? Could it be the devil? Of course. <laughs> but we get so upset with these little minor things that really, he didn't blame and get bitter. He, he knew God's will. He knew God's will. You see, in Acts 16, they're in Troas. They, they're, they try to go to Bithynia, and the Spirit said no. The Holy Spirit said, no, you can't go. And they have a vision of a Macedonian man. How many of you know this story? The Macedonian man bids them to come. It's a vision from God. Why are they there in Macedonia? Say God. Why are they there? Right. They're in the will of God. Some of you are going through difficulties because you're not in the will of God. Thank you. You're not in the will of God. Then we talked about with storms, you know, just a few messages ago. Jesus said, let us go to the other side. Whose idea is it? Jesus. Some of you go through difficulties because you're not in God's will. Others of us are going through difficulties because we are. And you'll have storms, you'll have problems, you'll have trials, and you'll have hardship. And when hardship comes, you have to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Are you in the will of God? Go ahead, ask him. Am I in the will of God? Ask him. Am I in God's will? It's a good question. They knew that they were. He chose to worship God. They're in prison, and they chose to worship the Lord. You know, worshiping God's a choice. You don't have to feel like it. Feelings have nothing to do with it. Whether he's, he, he's worthy of worship, that's what it has to do with. 
God has an amazing plan. You worship him not because you feel like it. You worship him because he's worthy to be worshiped. Bring a sacrifice of praise. They began to sing hymns, psalms, pray prayers, and everybody in the prison's listening to them. And I want to say this to you. As you go through the hardship you're in, and we're all going through some hardship in one way or another, or soon you will. As you go through it, realize that you are modeling before those who know you, your family, your loved ones, your spouse. You're modeling what it is to be an overcomer, to be somebody who moves forward in the midst of adversity, somebody who can handle hardship. Living your best life, you got to learn how to handle hardship. You don't want to grow and be an onion-skinned Christian. You don't want to have a sissified, spineless, spineless Christianity. You want to be somebody that's got backbone, somebody that can be counted on. Well, how do you become like that? By overcoming the current hardship you're in right now. And one thing after another, one test after another. Come on, you're not going to have a testimony unless you go through the test. Some of you just got the moany part. (laughs) Many people miss a miracle in the midst of their pain because they choose not to worship God. In Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28, let me read Ezekiel 28, verse 13 of that chapter. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, sardius, topaz, and the diamond, with beryl and onyx and jasper and sapphire, the emerald and gold. The workmanship of thy timbrels, and thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that was created. In Ezekiel 28 and verse 13, in the New International Version, it says uh, sockets. The King James does a better job of the Hebrew timbrels and pipes. Say, what is he talking about? Well, in Isaiah 14 as well, which I won't read, he's talking about the anointed cherub. He's talking about Lucifer, and it appears that Lucifer was the worship leader in heaven, and that he channeled through, it seems that, that, that he was an instrument of sorts as well, that he channeled the worship that went to the throne. Until the day when he said in his jealousy, I'll become like the Most High, and at that same thought, he was cast down. It it doesn't really make sense, timbrels and pipes, any other way than to see it as Lucifer's ability to channel worship to the throne. Say, what's so significant about that? I'm convinced the number one thing that Satan wants to do now, he was Lucifer when he was cast to the earth. He got a name change, Satan. And I don't, an English language, make a capital S. I purposely always put small s. Sometimes I miss it, but mostly I keep it a small s because I'm just going to diss him like that. Worship. I'm convinced that the devil doesn't want you to come and worship here this morning. I'm convinced that, that many people had fights in their homes this morning on their way to church, on their way to Kings, and they had an argument. Why is that? Because the enemy will rip you off to learn how to handle your hardship. And if he could just rob and steal and kill, he does. That's why for years, Pastor Karen and I, it's no secret, we had no talking on Sunday. 
No, we had a no talking rule because we would constantly argue. I mean, over the most insane things. Strife would come up. You burnt my avocados. You burnt my toast. Whatever it was. It was mindless things that didn't matter. So we would wake up and be like, oh, praise the Lord. Hey, no Sunday talk. Hey, right. And we did that for years because we, we would just pray in tongues and play worship. Is any, don't raise your hand. It's because they're not here. All of you guys got through it. Many people are not here because you had a big argument. I'm convinced some people go through a series of problems because the enemy knows that if you're headed in a hardship and adversity and you don't learn to worship, then you'll be overcome. The enemy wants to over, overwhelm you with hardship and difficulty. And if you don't learn to worship, if you're going to live your best life, if you're going to be used by God in this end-time harvest, in these last days, you're going to face things. And if you don't learn to worship, is one of your great, great weapons. You must learn to worship. Psalm 149, the whole thing is good. For the, for, for the sake of time, you take it home and read it. Psalm 149. It talks about how worship is a weapon to bind their kings with fetters of iron to loose victims. It's a powerful psalm. This honor, it says at the end, this honor has all his saints. Now, he's not talking about Mother Teresa. A saint is anyone who believes in God. Hagios, a holy one, made holy by the blood. New Testament. So when you lift your voice, when you worship, it brings God's power down. And you see that in the text. They begin to worship and the whole place shakes with an earthquake. All the doors throw open and all the chains of all the prisoners are fall off. Wow. Talk about dealing with hardship, how to handle problems. He looked for opportunities to bring people to Jesus. He, he witnessed. It had to be a word of knowledge, by the way, if you think the fact that he's in the inner prison and there's no lights. How does he know that the jailer's going to kill himself. He had a word of knowledge, I think. The Lord's like, you better say something because the jailer's going to kill himself. Hey! As he's about to fall on his sword. Hey, we're all here. Don't kill yourself. And the jailer gets saved. And, and the whole thing. Paul is constantly thinking about the lost. If you lose your focus on why God has, in you, has you in the earth right now, it can be very confusing. I'll never forget my dad taught me to play sports when I was a young kid, all, all ball, ball sports. I remember him crouched down, looking at me as a little kid, looking at me at the eye, in the eye. It was this big. And he said, son, listen to me. All sports with balls, keep your eye on the ball. Always keep your eye. It's like it's in my spirit. Then later on, I got born again and started serving God. And it was the same thing the Lord said, keep your eye on the ball. You know what the ball is for the Christian? It's reaching the lost. Yes, it's God. Yes, it's serving Him. Yes, it's loving Him with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And then it's keeping your eye on the harvest. If you lose track of why we're here, you've lost it. We've lost it. For pastors that listen to this and watch this service, I'll just say this to you. Whatever level or wherever your church is at, don't get pulled aside by the pettiness of the different things that happen and all the little arguments and all the different things that can happen. You keep your eye on the harvest. Let, I don't have time to get offended. 
I don't have time. I don't have time to get upset because somebody doesn't like me and curse me out at the gym. That's it. I quit. That big man doesn't like me. I guess the Lord's not. What are you talking about? Get over it. Go to Lowe's, buy a ladder. Get over it. He brought people to Jesus. He stood for justice. Now, I could lose my ever-loving mind on this right here. He's a Roman citizen. He's flogged. He doesn't know his rights. Let me just say that most Americans don't know the Constitution. Most Americans don't know that they have rights. The, max, the, the mandatory vaccinations, you got to be led by the Lord, all right? Let me just say that. But in America, you can't do that. I hate when somebody makes me do something. I, I just want to go the other way every time. It's, it's kind of my nature. And sometimes that was not so good. Can't stop me from preaching. I'm not going to do same-sex marriages. Can't, won't, set it up. I don't care. Take the 501c3, do whatever you want. Put me in jail. Can't do it. Can't hire a law at work. Can't do it. Not going to stand before God and say something's right that isn't. I can't. I can't and I won't. I won't. I got on the vaccine thing. You know, you pray, you be led by the Lord. Well, I've, I've, I've had people coming to me and says, man, I don't want to get it and I'm going to lose my job. What do I do? You can apply for religious exemption. Or if you want to get it, then get it. Be led by the Lord. Do you understand? I, I will say that I'm, I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned because I've never seen anything like this before, ever. Not with, not with any kind of sickness or illness or disease. Just trying to give you the deets. Just short for details. I learned that two days ago from my daughter. So we've helped people with religious exemptions, and I'm here to say they're starting to work. So why would you, why would you say that in, in, in this context? Because some people don't know, and if you need help, I'll help you. Okay? Just a form letter and different things. We just had some people able to get, they said, there's no way, you're never going to get through it, whatever. Well, it, it's working. It's working for some people. So I just think as an American, we need to stand. We need to do the right thing and continue. And, and somebody said, well, vaccination is the right thing. Okay, that's your opinion. And that is some doctors' opinions, but it's not all doctors' opinions. So you be led by the Lord. Everybody say, I'm going to be led by the Lord. All right. That I, I wish my wife was here to help me graciously get through that. I love how the Apostle Paul, is that all right? I love how the Apostle Paul makes them. They were in trouble because they flogged him. He makes them come. There's authority that we have that we don't use. Use your authority. Use your God-given authority. Your junior boy that was four times my size, I got news for him. I've set things up for next time. I'm going to make him without lifting one finger, because I know my rights. He can pitch and fit and curse and leave. It's my club. 
Now, if they change the rules, I can petition. Or I can say, I'm not going there anymore. I've got a choice. Somebody said, I don't like America. America's terrible. Move, leave. Go find another country. All right, let's move on. God's speaking to us. We can live our best life no matter what. Worship team, please. You can live your best life no matter what you're facing. We have one of our pastors on about 14 days ago, maybe not that much, maybe it's 14 days now. Her son, 35 years old, got COVID. And I'm not going to give you the details. But 10 days later, he's dead. The details are, they're unthinkable. I got a call on 2.30 in the morning, on Wednesday morning. My son is dead. My son is dead. My son is dead. I changed my schedule. Praise God for the preaching team we have here. Minister Barry came and preached Wednesday. I jumped on a plane, flew to Seattle, drove to their home, picked up four pizzas, a chicken, a rack of ribs, a whole bunch of other food. They're Samoans. <laughs> came and ministered to them the love of God. <laughs> Brought the love of God with food. The whole family was there in the garage. Singing, weeping, crying. Prayed, all the cousins, everybody gathered around. And some of them are on right now, I think. And all we did was just weep and cry. Thank God he knew the Lord. It was a hard, it's a hardship for them. They're grieving today. They're so hurting today. 35 years old, he's gone. And that's not the only story, but it has to one that's touched us and touched our network of churches. And we pray, God, you'd help them right now. On the way back, within a five-mile span of, of the five freeway in Seattle, I'm pretty sure the devil tried to kill me. Three major near accidents that I was miraculously rescued from, and at the end of that, within five miles, that's not far. That's not a lot. At the end of that, the Lord spoke to me and said, get off the freeway. I'm trying to make it to the airport. How many of you know it'd be okay if you missed a plane if the Lord said, get off the freeway? And I'm like, yes, Lord. I'm praying in tongues. I got Karen on the phone. We prayed. We agreed. I got off the freeway. I got out of that little car, and I will never rent a mid-sized car again. I just want to say that. I'm a full-size kind of a guy. I'm driving full-size from now on. Policy change to what my administrative people, pastor, is in a full-size car. Okay. Because God knows what would have happened in that blasted tin can. Come on, the devourer's rebuked. Come on, say it. Devourer's rebuked. I got out of my car, parked it, lifted my hands, and went, oh, God. Walked around, bought a pair of shoes, got ministered to by the Lord. They're great shoes, too. They just rep It was a prophetic thing. They represent that I'm going to fulfill the will of God or gospel shoes. I got peace. I got back in the car. When I parked the car at budget, 
I got out and I see this dent in the side of the car. I have no idea. I don't, I hear when valves are tapping. I didn't hear anything hit me. I have no idea how it happened. Maybe it happened in a parking lot, whatever. But I realized, man, the enemy's nervous. You're going to face hardships. You're going to go through stuff. Live in God's will and purpose. Everybody say, live in God's will and purpose. Know His will and fulfill it. Lastly, see, live a life where you choose to worship. Be a worshiper. Do what the Apostle Paul did. The hardship that you're going through today may be the very thing. Please listen to me. The hardship you're going through today may be the very thing that catapults you into the, the blessings of God that are just ahead. Don't, don't, don't worry. Come on, somebody say, I'm not going to worry. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's Word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska Podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com. And may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.